Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, pray now. Sup, Andy? Morning, man. How's it going? It's good. It's real good. Had a good weekend. Yeah? Made a uh, return trip. Here we go. Return trip. Kings 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 Island? I was back, baby. I'm back. I'm really worried about you. I was not. I was great. The only concern. Do you hang out with adults like ever? It, it seems like you're basically mostly on a uh, ball games with the kids, amusement park with the kids, Easter bunny with the kids. Like, do you have adult friends that are not your family? I do. But yeah, it's, I'm with my family a lot. I. Yeah, I'm with my family a lot. Thursday, Friday, Sunday. So, yeah, three of the last four days. So, and okay. So, the big question is what did you do to Saturday? I worked in the yard for like seven hours. <laughs> I, I trimmed the, bu- the trim. There's a bunch of bushes that need to be trimmed, picked all the weeds. There's a light out. I, I was trying to do some electrical work, which is hilarious. Uh, and then I grilled for myself and then I took a couple edibles, fell asleep on the couch, like right after the Clippers Suns game, woke up on the couch. I don't normally do that. Woke up on the couch at 4am, went straight to bed, woke up at 10. I slept for like 10 and a half hours. So Yeah. And then, so I did. Sunday, and then Sunday was Kings Island. No, uh, Sunday, my uncle, my dad's brother had a big party for the extended Ruther family. He lives kind of out in the sticks, but they have a nice property and a pool. So did a big grill out with the family there and hung out with some of my cousins and aunts and uncles. Friday was Kings Island. Got it. And let me just say these new a, ro- fri- a Friday day thing. Well, my little brother has it down to a science. He lives like about 15 minutes from there. Mm-hmm. So he has three kids, three to nine. So you, know, you can't stay that long, but he said with three adults and three kids, we can hit some big boy rides and his nine-year-old can do all of them now. And she wants to, the new roller coasters are, they're terrifying. They are. I had not done like a big boy roller coaster. Since. A big boy roller coaster. I'm saying like, you know, the first time I went to Kings Island, it was the kids rides. I haven't done one of these updated new roller coasters because i hadn't been to a theme park since i was like 15 they are terrifying but awesome the drops and the speed <laughs> dude i was i was literally sweating we have gone full boomer on dirty sports podcast you're like have you heard of roller coasters bro no but let me ask you when is the last time you went on like a crazy roller coaster with a cr- like 
insane I mean, speed, insane drop. I mean, I've been to Magic Mountain, so I've sure. been, you know, I've been on to all those things here. I mean, I don't know when the last time I went, maybe 10 years ago. But that's my point. I have not been on a roller coaster of those magnitude in 25 years. So my little brother, they have the app, which is great. It says the lines and the weights. So we're riding a, a ride with his kids. And he says the Diamondback, which was built in 2009. So it's not that new, but it has a 230 foot drop. And it goes 80 miles an hour. He said, it's open. Let's go. And as we're waiting in line and as, and as I'm starting to go up the hill, I am like my palms are sweating because I've never been on a roller coaster. Your knees are weak. Was your vomit on your sweater? Yeah. Spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> and you and you don't, there's not a harness over you on this one. Right. So you're just holding in front and you fly back in your seat. And I screamed, holy shit, probably 20 times. My niece afterwards, she's like, Uncle Andy kept saying, holy shit. But it was awesome. And then we did, after that, we did something called the Banshee, which is like an inverted legs hanging. You do twist upside down, backwards. But we're going to do the new one, which is called Orion, which is brand new. This is the eighth tallest roller coaster in the world. It's a 300-foot drop straight down. So I thought 230 was bad. This is 300, and it gets up to be one half of a second longer. It's going to be wild. Dude, it gets up to 93 miles an hour. Yeah. But, 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 but this is what I want to explain to people, to put it in context. When I was growing up, Joe, the big roller coaster at Kings Island, which at the time was like one of the premier ones in the world, right? Like a lot of these are now, was called the Vortex. It was built in 1987. That one, and I looked up, because I'm curious on the numbers, that one only got up to 148 feet high and 55 miles an hour. So that's my point is... That's like the last major coaster I'd been on. There's a big difference, 148 feet to 230 and 55 miles an hour to 80. That's a big difference. It's terrifying, but I love it. And I'll keep doing it because I have a nine-year-old who does it. And I can't be a bitch. I have other members of my family who, not to name names, won't do the coasters because they're a bitch. Really? Yep. And friends. Friends of mine who's like, dude, I did the, I did that one. I'm not doing that shit again. That's amazing. No, I'll do I'll do all the coasters. I actually don't mind any coaster speed. I don't mind flipping this way. I hate going, I hate spinning. I I I'll I'll do a coaster without a seatbelt before I get on the teacups. I feel you. That shit makes me nauseous. Yeah. Going sideways, going around in circles. They have one of, co- coasters for days. They have one of those. Like that gets high. It's not a coaster. It just spins. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do them all, man. And and we got in fine. I was a little concerned. Was I on a list? Since the last time <laughs> I'd been to Kings Island, we were escorted out of the premises. But yeah, man, my, my little brother's been five times already with his family. So this is my life. Welcome to the new Andy Ruther show because it's a bunch of kids and it's me going on roller coasters and spending time with family and adults. So yeah. I'll figure it out eventually, but I'm in no rush, man. I'm just, I'm just 
just trying to figure out my life. I'm in no rush to. Uh, have you thought about getting on the Bumble and putting the, you know, putting the log line like really into Kings Island these days? Got a season passed with a couple buddy passes. Hit me up if you're interested. I have. So this was a joke that I had actually written. I'll read this. I, I'm not. I'm not going to get on the dating apps just yet, but I wrote this last month and my sister-in-law said, I would not put that up there. That is crazy. But I go, it's funny to me, but I don't think women would view it funny. Also, I'll read it on air. What if my tagline on Bumble or Hinge or any of those apps would say, both my parents died last year. So I moved back home after being away for 20 years. Now that we've got that out of the way, what's your favorite movie? Just like hit them with all my serious baggage. And then I even added a PS. I stopped drinking seven years ago after I almost died from a traumatic brain injury. I mean, I honestly think it would terrify. Uh, yeah, I think you're giving too much of the plot away. I think you should be. I think it should be a little bit more subtle, but with the same uh, with the same things. I, I think it should just be like living in my dead parents house, doing a lot of yard work and going to amusement parks with my nieces and nephews yeah i don't I, I don't i don't drink but if you like you know roller coasters hit me up i don't i don't drink but if you're good with a weed whacker swipe right <laughs> i wonder i there is a curiosity with me i wonder who that would get to swipe right i think most i'm assuming most women would not but but the ones who do are the you've covered a lot of you've jumped through a lot of hoops already yeah are the diamonds in the rough they, they've they've run over the red flags yeah i probably hit it a little too hard a little too real just a little too wordy too yeah you know? well that was a, that was a rough draft <laughs> we'll see we'll see if i get back on i, I look to my credit though i've been watching all the sports been watching, been watching all the games, you know, family time and then NBA time. And uh, it's been really tough to figure out the NBA playoffs, right? Like these you know, games. Yeah, I mean, I, I, at least I, I feel like the, uh, I know it's crazy because we're in a situation where we have the Bucks, the Hawks, the Suns and the Clippers. And no one saw this as being the uh, conference finals. But I got to say, at least once we got to the conference finals, things seemed to like start falling into place as at least as I saw them. Like once we got to this point, I was like, I think it's going to be Bucks, Suns. And uh, I think those were the best two teams left. I, I was shocked that the Clippers honestly made it this far. Obviously shocked that the Hawks made it this far. The Hawks game one was uh, impressive and, you know, they, they certainly were like, we're not to be messed with, but I think you can go back two episodes on the show to me saying, I still think the Hawks win, or sorry, I still think the Bucks win this series even after game one. And, um, you know, the, what we've been saying about the Suns for a while, which is they're just playing with so much confidence and they now have the best player on the floor and they now probably have the best two players on the floor with Chris Paul back and no Kawhi. So things have finally, after a wild and shocking and surprising run to the NBA playoffs. At least you get down to these four teams. I'm like, yeah, 
it's kind of going, these series are kind of going how I thought they'd go. Yeah. I trust the Suns more though, still at this point versus then, the Bucks. So the, you think you, you, you're, you're saying in a Bucks Suns final. I just, the Bucks are so erratic, even like right. from game to game, from quarter to quarter that they don't, it's like they don't keep doing what's working. Like even Giannis, their star player, dude, they can't stop you. All your buckets are in the paint. You Giannis should not be shooting a single three. Well, that we know that at this point. But he because because you know the, the idea that you're stretching anybody out like you're not. In fact, all you're doing is giving them an opportunity when you stand out there for any extended period of time, giving them the opportunity to be back on their heels and get ready for you coming toward the basket. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's the, the tough part about Giannis's game. And obviously he's still, listen, they're in my opinion, head of the NBA final. So you can question it all you want, but like it's working at least in the NBA this year, he obviously has multiple MVPs like is that his, his momentum is his game. It's very like, you know, obviously it's not the same as Russell Westbrook, but in the same thing, like where he's most effective is like, you're going backwards. He's going forwards. He goes through you by you around you and goes all the way to the hoop. And anytime, unlike Russell Westbrook, who has like a great jump shot, you know, um, is anytime that you have him posted up and standing still, or you have him on the perimeter, you have a way better chance than when he has a head of steam and he's headed toward you. And yet, it's, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to get into those situations all the time, which is why the big question with the Bucs is, can the other guys do enough? And, you know, you get 38 from Middleton yesterday. So you're not going to lose a game where you have Giannis and you have a guy who scores 40 points along with him. Yeah. If I'm the Hawks, I know this isn't easy. I try to take a charge almost every time he does that. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy for a couple of reasons. It's not easy because he's moving so fast. Um, he's so big. It's not easy because it's painful. And it's not easy because if you don't get your feet set, suddenly you could have your whole fucking team in foul trouble. Yeah. So like, you know, when in doubt, especially in the NBA where, you know, we can review calls, but we're not, uh, coaches aren't going to spend, you know, their reviews throughout the game, uh, doing was it a foul or was it, you know was it a block or a charge but when in doubt refs are going to call a block block yeah well i think i think that was the turning point in that series trey young's now hurt like more hurt i should say hawks had a great chance at that game they let it slip away in the fourth quarter and I could I I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks close out the next two games. Right. And and that was what was exciting about the Hawks winning game 1 is the Hawks are are certainly overachieving through these playoffs and the Hawks have, you know, grown quicker than I think a lot of people saw this Hawks team growing and obviously the shortened season and their, you know, matchups were helpful for them, but for the Hawks to win this series, I just think that they had to keep doing what they did in game one, which is like be up a game, you know, or, or, you know, keep like 
the idea that if the if the if the Hawks don't go up three two, I think this is over. Like like I don't think you're I don't think the Hawks can play catch up now the whole series and even at a two and then go down three, two, and then even at a three and then go up four, three. I don't see that happening. Yeah. So uh, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that that's, I think last night's game was the biggest one because that's the last opportunity you get to go up two one and just, you know, keep saying like, Hey, you might be the better team, but as long as we're staying a game ahead of you, the best you can do is tie us the next game with the, with the box being up two one. I, I agree with you. I don't know. I, I agree that they could close it out, but even if they don't, if they go up three one and then the, and the Hawks get a game, I think it's, it's over. Now at Phoenix Clippers game, nobody could hit a shot. That was a gritty, yeah. tough defensive battle. And this, and, and that's what I like about this Suns team. They, they can win in many different ways. Obviously, they like the high tempo, up and down the court, scoring. But they showed they can win a game where no one's hitting their shots. And I think that's the Chris Paul. Like, I don't think they win that game without Chris Paul. I agree. But obviously, they've been fine without Chris Paul so far. But I just I think in those games where you're like, hey, we have got a lot a lot of young scorers, and we can uh, go get up and down with you. The the scrappy little veteran is less uh, important. I think in a game when you get that's a very kind of old school NBA playoff game. You, you know the scores in the seventies yeah. late into the game. Um, that's when you need a guy like Chris Paul, and he was huge. He hit you know almost all of his free throws at the end he's hitting you know big shots um and he's back now and Kawhi obviously like no sign of a return so i think i i think the clippers are more done than the than the hawks and i think the hawks are pretty done has there has there been a guy whose health we never ever fully know the real like diagnosis Story more than Kawhi? I'm saying like this, you know, this has a history with him of this happening. And then I'm a little confused because he's not on the bench, but he's in a suite during the game. I think that they're, they're telling you without telling you Kawhi's done, but they're going to, the reason that they're not saying it is like, they're keeping it hanging over. Like he might, he might like, let's keep them strategizing for Kawhi, but like, if he's in a suite, they're telling you without telling you. Why wouldn't he be on the bench? If he's no there, idea. no, I idea. get it. If he's not there, I get it. But if he is there, why would he be in a suite versus the bench? No clue. But we've heard about this from Kawhi before. Like we, you know, Kawhi I've heard there's paid. doctor issues like he had with the Spurs. The same right. thing about the team doctor. And we've heard this Kawhi, Kawhi, Mr. Quiet, Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Like whatever. It's like we have heard that he has these demands that it has to be his way or no way. And it's like everybody who is in the NBA or honestly, any sport, any of the major sports that does that always gets called out, but because Kawhi's Mr. And I talked about this when I did the, uh, when I did the clip cast with wild, we went to the game and he doesn't, participate in like post game you're not allowed to talk to him in the locker room 
You're allowed to talk to all the players, but you're not allowed to talk to him in the locker room. Then he's going to go, he's going to shower separately. Then he's going to come out. He's going to have a crew of his dudes surrounding him in the locker. The Clippers locker room is not big. It is not big. It's very, very small. The idea that you're packing with reporters, with team staff, with the players, five dudes to stand around Kawhi's locker while he dresses and make sure no one talks to him is awkward for everybody there. You're like, dude, it's getting a little tight in here. Why do we need these five guys standing in the way? And then he does his own press conference after. And it's like, you know what, Kawhi, you're a great player and you're obviously a big star in the NBA, but somehow you still think you're more important than you are. And I don't, I think that rubs his teammates the wrong way. And I think it, you know, just separates him. And so I just, I'm not surprised at all that he's sitting in the suite. It just seems pretty standard for Kawhi. Well, I would say from a morale perspective, you would, it would help the team. Like if, if morale perspective, how about like the, how about just like uh, an extra coach kind of perspective? That's what I'm saying. Think think about LeBron on the bench. To me, that's part of it. It's, it's, it's the morale. It's the coaching. It's the, a savvy vet who's won two finals MVPs. He's been there. He's done that. He's accomplished everything. All those combination of things would enhance the play of the team. But I agree with you. If I'm his teammate, I'm saying, why is Kawhi in the suite? Why isn't he, why isn't he in the trenches with us? He might not but be here's, playing. Here's what, here's what I'm telling you. If you're Kawhi's teammate at this point, you're not, at, you're not saying that at all because you're like, of course, Kawhi's in the suite. Yeah, of course he is. And I know why. Cause Kawhi is a fucking dick. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's not, I'll say, I'll say watching that game when they showed that to me, it's not a good look as far as a team player. He's not, he doesn't care what the look is. There's what I'm telling you is there's 50 things that Kawhi does that are not a good look. I don't think he, he either isn't aware or doesn't care or some combination of both. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, he, he's a very interesting guy because he is so quiet. He doesn't cause much of a fuss on the court, off the court. But that, that this is fuss to me. But that's, but that's what that's I was going to say. I, I think because he is a quiet and subdued introverted guy. It's to me, he's Ellen. Oh, Ellen's so nice. And so whatever. But also, Ellen's like, don't talk or look at Ellen. She, she doesn't say it, but she has somebody who says it. The staff of 40 people who work here are not allowed to talk or look at Ellen. Was that one of the things, by the way? I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And if you watch the Letterman, uh, your, your next guest is thing, he makes a joke about it. And it's so funny because it's like turned out to be true. He's like, no one look at Ellen. And it turned out that that was true, but like, but that's a great example. It's like her persona is like the nicest person ever. And behind the scenes, it's she's a monster. Yeah. And no one's allowed to talk to her or look at her. And the thing with Kawhi is like, he's quiet he's under, you know, he, he's like, he like that. He's, you know, it, it's no, there's no drama. And meanwhile, the no drama is heavy drama. 
No drama yeah. because he won't talk to any of his teammates. Sure. And he sits in a suite during playoff games. Yeah. No, that's well, true. Is Ellen DeGeneres. My man's trying to plug me a title for episode 740. That way right I don't now. have to do the uh that way I don't have to do the three minute conversation after like, what do you think about a title? By the way, I already wrote it down. <laughs> you, you know, I take notes, right? You know, like, yeah. like, like I, I got a little pen and I got a notepad here. I'm always taking notes. Well, kudos to the Suns. They're probably going to close it out. I think so. And they're doing all this without Devin Booker playing well the last few games. Yeah, it's been a it's been a good team effort on their part. And yeah. I uh, I'm looking forward to see how it does play out. Now we do have some new coaching hire hirings. Clippers assistant Chauncey Billups will be headed to Portland. Shaking your head over there. I just I this to me there's it's it's a combo of things. Do I like the Chauncey Billups hire? I don't know. I don't care. It's fine. That. Not like I, how can you judge somebody without, you know, like, I guess we'll see the idea of judging a guy who isn't coaching uh, or, you know, who's not been a head coach is like, whatever. But like, you have this Dame problem that is happening simultaneously where they're now saying Dame is going to leave and Dame is demanding leaving. And like, well, well Dame, Dame's a short list of people Dame was wanting to possibly coach was Chauncey Billups and Jason Kidd. Right. And then Dame got all this backlash, which was so odd last night. I'm following it and looking at the tweets. This odd backlash from Blazers fans because of the 1997 sexual assault allegation against Chauncey, which was settled out of court that the fans were somehow blaming Dame for his hiring for advocating for a guy who was involved in this again in 1997. So if you look, I don't know if you read Dame's tweets, Dame's tweets are basically like, fuck you guys. If you yep. guys don't, if you guys don't want me, cool, cool. Blazers fans. Right. Good but luck. I'm saying this is all, this is all happening kind of, simultaneously and i listen i understand that there's a lot of conversations that go on behind closed doors there and if they're asking dame and he says kid and billups and then you know kid's not interested and then so it's billups well then i guess you're giving dame what he wants but like to me and and again this is my personal opinion but also just like to me seems so obvious is like if you have this point guard and you can't win and you don't know what to do, it's like, why wouldn't you just be like, bro, we're going to do it. Like the last to rise, why don't we just go get you the point guard whisperer, get you fucking to the conference finals, at least get you an MVP, get you all the things. So like to me, the leaving the Mike D'Antoni on the table. Now there's obviously the possibility that Dame was like, I'm not interested in that. I want sure. Chauncey Billups and that's fine. But, and you know, D'Antoni has his own, uh, I, you know, uh, supporters and detractors around the league, and who knows who those are in Portland. Obviously, Mello has been in Portland the last couple of years, so 
God knows what that lunatic monster is saying to Dame Lillard, but that would have been to me, if I was the GM or the owner of the Portland trailblazers, I'd have been like, this is how you keep Dame and make him happy. At least for a couple more seasons is give him the guy who's like almost certainly going to guarantee that he wins an MVP this year. Well, we discussed it with the pieces they have. You just, you need more pieces. How many times are we going to have Dame go off for 50 in a playoff series and they eventually lose that series? The, the formula is not working in Portland. He needs help. Well, listen, he has help, but the, the issue is, do you have too much of the same thing in Dame and CJ? Like Nurkic is really good, but like, Nurkic isn't outplaying the best bigs in the league, like throughout a playoff run. Like, you know, we always go back to, I always go back to the underratedness of Pau Gasol on those Lakers teams. When you look at the teams that those Lakers teams with Pau and Kobe had to get through to get to and win NBA championships, you're looking at Stoudemire on the Suns. Yeah. Garnett on the T Wolves, Garnett on the Celtics. Uh, well, well, Garnett was on the Celtics at that point. Well, but even earlier on in those, you know, in those things, you have Garnett prior to going over to Boston and then making the finals. He's he's on T Wolves teams, Duncan on Spurs teams. Like he's going up against some of the best. I mean, you even. But, have, but what, I, what what I'm saying, sorry, real quick, what I'm saying is Garnett. I know prior to. The, that's when Powell went to the Lakers in 2008 right. as well. Oh, that was the same season? Yeah. Oh, okay. My bad. Oh, good. Um, yeah. But, I mean, even Powell then, pr- prior to that, he's on, obviously, Memphis. you know, he's on Memphis and taking teams to eat deep in the playoffs. And he's going head-to-head with the best bigs sure. in the NBA. Nurkic is good, but I don't think he's putting up that kind no, of thing. He's not, like, no, oh. he's not Powell. And we Powell, are... You're right. Powell was great. And we are talking about you have two great guards. Like, do you move CJ, you know, and I love CJ, um, but do you move him? And that was been the talk for, for years because it just seems like this bunch together, that, that being your big three, isn't enough, especially with, with Lillard doing what he's doing. Now I would argue when you have dynamic scorers like that, you bring in a, a D'Antoni type and maybe Lillard isn't going for 50 points every game. Maybe Lillard is, you know, more on the, the hardened tip that we saw in Houston. We're like, yeah, he has those nights, but he's also facilitating. Yeah. And I don't know, like, it seems like a big ball of shit that they've cooked up for themselves now with he wants Billups. They give him Billups. People are upset that they got Billups. He's pissed off at fans. So, and, and by the way, the, the you know the, the fans that, that's a that's a bad it's a bad take from fans in my opinion. Well, yeah. It's, also, it's, like it's it's just it's like Chauncey Billups has worked in multiple organizations. He worked for ESPN as an analyst. That was I don't know what happened. It's been vetted by every company he's probably worked for. Right. It was settled out of court. I, I, just, I just hate how I know we talk about it, but I just hate how we we, che- we cherry pick which people we want to like retroactively 
ding right. for something in their past. Right. Of course. I mean, you go back, go back to the same conversation that we just had. I mean, the, the, like the Kobe hoopla, the hall of fame hoopla, like the post, like now we're just act like we act like Kobe wasn't accused of something way, way worse, but we're going to like drag Chauncey Billups over the coals for it. Yeah. And, and maybe he did and maybe he didn't and that's fine, sure. but it's like, it's we like, don't know. Right. And it's also 1997. And it's also, again, why are we doing this now? Like, uh, here's what I'll say. Let's say Kobe was still alive and they were going to bring up Kobe to coach the Lakers. No one would say shit. No one. No one would. You're right. And the same thing happened with Jason Kidd, right? Jason Kidd's now been hired by the Mavs and Jason Kidd has some baggage as well with women in a history. And the Mavs have a baggage with women. <laughs> like they do. That, that was a weird hire for them for that reason. I, that's why I said, and I'm, I'm now over two. I was like, you do the Becky Hammond hire to be like, sorry about our weird past with women. We hired the first woman coach and the Portland trailblazers going, we have a point guard who's, unhappy let's bring in the point guard whisperer and instead both teams on you know i was wrong on both fronts and and by the way i were they predictions not really they were sort of like what i would this is my what i think in this situation but like in the end an easy prediction is a late 90s early 2000 point guard is once again hired like this is who gets hired for fucking coaching jobs now yeah well, look, man, they're former players and they're former successful title winning players. I, th I, th I think we need to remember that they, they've achieved greatness. Now, we've also had so many discussions on our show, right, of the greats, of the finals MVPs like a Chauncey or of a Hall of Famer like Jason Kidd. How well do those guys translate into coaches? Right. And also, you know, when you talk about Jason Kidd, he coached the Nets and he coached the Bucks. And he wasn't the most successful coach. Right. I mean, the Bucks have been great essentially since getting rid of Jason Kidd. Yeah. Now, who knows? Maybe he learned some things, right? Like sometimes people, it takes a minute in coaching. But this will be his third chance to try and see. I don't know. I, I just think co coaching is so it's it's a crapshoot. It, I think it's really tough to find somebody. You, you see these diamonds in the rough, right? These guys nobody hears of in, in all sports that are so successful. And then you have the again, the name brand players. That are duds. So I, I don't know the best route, but. I mean, I think if you're talking like the Mavs thing, it's like. The Mavs hire of Jason Kidd to me is weird. It's weird. He uh, obviously the connection to Dallas is there. I'm sure there's a Luca thing. Um, the the hire of Billups is way less weird because you're just essentially giving Dame what he wants. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. I saw I saw something else saying that. Who, dude, who knows? You hear things, you don't know what to believe of them. That Luca and Dame, I'm sorry, not Luca and Dame, that Luca and uh, Perzingis don't have the best relationship either. 
but again, I, who, who knows in this clickbait media world we right. live that, that that's, if there's any validity to that, I don't know. Well, it's got, you have two guys who don't have a great history of having great relationships in general. So like, it wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. But like at this point, who do either of them get along with? Sure. So before the show, I played a clip for you of the Scotty Pippen interview on Dan Patrick's show today. It's a four minute and 35 second clip and, and Scotty goes down a few rabbit holes and, and we can discuss it briefly because we haven't discussed any of the things going on with Scotty. Scotty did a full GQ interview last week and basically threw KD and Ben Simmons under the bus hard. He's, he's promoting a new liquor that he has. And, uh, Today, he basically called Phil Jackson a racist and then also went on a rant about Michael Jordan and the cameras on that game-winning shot that Steve Kerr had against Utah in one of those 90s finals. And to be honest, I, I feel bad for Scotty. Scotty recently lost his son. He's going through some real serious stuff. And what happened to his son? I don't know, but he died. I, I don't know. I can look it up. But Scotty is making a lot of news. Ex wife run, runs around with NBA or still. Isn't that a thing? I mean, his ex wife, like his ex wife, yeah. She, she's seems to really get around, to be honest. Like, I, I can't keep track. You don't follow her Twitter porn like the other girl? No, I don't. So his son was 33. I, I'm not seeing uh, cause of death, but Scotty had announced that he died. That was in April. So Scotty did this interview today, and 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 we're and we're still we're still talking about it. The GQ article, today's interview. You know, we're still talking about this thing from 27 years ago, which was highlighted in the Last Dance when he refused to go out for the final play in the playoffs where Tony Kukoc hits the game-winning shot. Right. It's crazy to me. I mean, I think I think Scotty Pippen is a guy who has figured out, especially in the clickbait social media era, that saying anything about Michael gets him clout, saying anything about LeBron gets him clout and now he's figured out that hey let's let's start oh you know well the lebron thing i said got a lot of got me a lot of clout what if i do some kd shit like uh, for and he has about, first, and for the record joe he's he has a book not only is he promoting right. a, a new liquor he has a book coming out in november first Plain, things first yeah. i think scotty pippen was the best all-around player on those bulls championship teams i've said that before I'll say it again. Uh, there is Michael Jordan calling him the best all-around player on the dream team at points. Like, Scottie Pippen was a great basketball player. But, obviously, Michael Jordan makes that whole thing go. Michael Jordan's the, the scorer. Michael Jordan's the leader. Michael Jordan's the captain. Michael Jordan's the killer. Michael Jordan's all that stuff. That's fine. Him and Jordan clearly have their their own 
beef through the years with sure. Michael not wanting him, you know, so Michael making 30 million while Scotty's making 500 grand and like, you know, stupid financial stuff. And I- I'm sure Scotty's pissed off that Michael Jordan gets the credit for absolutely everything. And there are people out there, including Michael Jordan at times who would argue that Scotty was a better all around player on those teams. So it's, it's wild, but like when it comes to what Scotty's comments are, it's like, you know, even a, blind squirrel finds a nut from time to time. Like he has said things over the years about LeBron and he said things about KD and he said things about Jordan, which I'm like, those are true. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Is he now just saying things for clout? And like, what's it like what you played me from the Dan Patrick show? It's like, I don't even like what, what, why are you, why is this a thing that's like coming out now? And why are you making these claims now? Like you just did a whole last dance documentary. Why didn't you call Phil Jackson a racist then? Yeah. Well, why don't I play some of it? That, that way people who don't have the internet, we can give them some uh, perspective. So I'll, I'll play a couple of clips from it. GQ article where you talked about the 1994 playoff game when you refused to go back in the game and Phil set up the play for Tony Kukoc. Well, I mean, it's not much to be said if you go back and look at when Scottie Pippen entered the Bulls and when Tony Kukoc entered the Bulls and who deserved the last shot of the game. No, no, um, no. I understand that, Scotty. I'm just going by what you said. You said you need to read between the fine lines. And then you go on to say it was a racial move to give him, Tony Kukoc, a ride. So, well, I mean, if you knew that Scottie Pippen had been with the Bulls from 87, battled through the Pistons and every other team, that we had to get to those three championships. Wouldn't you give Scottie Pippen one opportunity to get a last second shot without Michael Jordan? Like one year without Michael Jordan. Can I get one shot? Like I'm doing all the dirty work. But all of that, I understand from the basketball standpoint, but when you say a racial move. Well, why would, why would Tony, who was a rookie get the last second shot and you put me out of bounds? That's what I mean. Racial. Like that was Scottie Pippen's team, but but Scottie Phil Pippen then, was but, but, on pace to be an MVP that year, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, why would you put him in a position not to be successful? Why wouldn't you put him in a position to succeed? Michael Jordan is not there, so who's next in line for you? But have you talked to Phil about this? Because by saying a racial move, then you're you're calling Phil. A racist. I don't got a problem with that. <laughs> do you think Phil was or is? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, do you remember Phil Jackson left the Lakers, went, wrote a book on Kobe Bryant? and then? Okay, I'll stop it there. So I want I to touch a couple of things. First of all, like, is Phil Jackson? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Phil Jackson is a racist. I have no idea. But what I do know is like none of the none of the things that are being claimed about Phil Jackson that would point to that none of the none of the reasons I've been given that Phil Jackson is a racist hold water with me. Phil Jackson called LeBron's entourage a posse in, or a posse instead of an entourage or an entourage instead of a posse or whatever. Like to me, that doesn't make Phil Jackson racist. Phil Jackson calling a play for Tony Kukoc 
instead of Scotty Pippen, when Scotty Pippen did the whole doing all the dirty work, was Scotty Pippen the best player on that Bulls team? Yeah, but like we have a history of not Michael Jordan taking last shots in, in big games. And so like the idea that, and also the, the thing with that play is like, I, I think one of the great plays in the NBA when it comes to getting a last shot is having the guy you want to take the last shot inbound the ball and get it back. Like, so there's that, but then also Phil Jackson just being like, I trust Tony Kukoc to hit a shot, like just to hit a mid range jumper over Scotty Pippen to do it. Like that, that doesn't mean he's a better player. Like I also like Shaq is a top 10 player of all time, but if I have one shot with a second and a half left in the game, I'm not going to Shaq. Cause that's not what you do. Yeah. And, and then, and then like the, the idea that, you know, he wrote a book about Kobe Bryant that makes him a racist. Like Kobe yeah. Bryant, like if you read the book and I, and I haven't read it, but I've read tons of excerpts from the book. It's like Phil Jackson just open about being like, Kobe's a psycho and uncoachable and an egomaniac and a whatever, like, we have we have people essentially saying that Rick Carlisle's leaving the Mavericks and the GM's leaving the Mavericks because they don't get along with Luca. So now they hate white people. Like Kobe yeah. Bryant's a, a psychotic narcissist egomaniac, which you know makes him who he was as a player. But it doesn't mean that you're racist because you tell people that. Well the, well, the dots don't really connect. And also, if you read Phil Jackson's first book, which was written in 1995, basically right after all this went down on the final play with Kukoc and Pippen, Phil Jackson specifically says in the book, it's a great book. I recommend everybody to read it. It's called Sacred Hoops, Spiritual Lessons of a Hardwood Warrior. Phil, in the book, I read it last summer. In the book, says Scotty was the best all-around player and makes the argument again, not only was he the best all-around player in the league, on of course, on those Bulls teams. Phil himself makes that. So, like, I, I agree with you. I, I don't I don't really put too much into it. Like I said, I want to reiterate, I think Pippen's going through a lot. He lost a son. He His wife is having sex with every different player and rapper, and she clearly wants as much attention as she can get. That's not a good look for him. It's his ex-wife. I just think he's, I think he's got a lot going on. And to I, be think honest, just, I, th I think he's just clout chasing nonstop these days. And every once in a while, like the thing he said about Katie and LeBron, like, I don't think he's wrong, but also like, why are you sticking your neck out into this situation? Because you're clout chasing, like, you know, yeah, you, that, that's you a good hear point. Larry Bird come out and talk about, KD and LeBron. You don't hear Jordan come out and talk about KD and LeBron. You don't hear, you know. If you read that GQ article, and I recommend everybody read it, it came out last week. He he definitely sticks his neck out. He's not asked directly about some of these players. He just blatantly opens up how he feels about KD or a Ben Simmons. And again, the Ben Simmons thing, like, I don't think he's wrong about Ben Simmons. Yeah. But then it seems to be like, oh, look, I did this GQ article. It's getting a lot of clicks. Why don't I just go on Dan Patrick and say Phil Jackson's a racist? Like, you're like, geez. Yeah. And, 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 and honestly, I don't even think he was necessarily prepared to 
preparing to say that, but then he got himself caught in that. And then he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not against saying that. And again, yeah, the notion on Phil, I mean, I mean, if we're going to track, like, like if, if we're someone trying to track, Hey, this makes Phil racist calling again, again I'm like, posse. maybe Phil Jackson is racist, but so far the evidence that you've shown me for that has not convicted him. And to be honest, if you watch that whole video with Scotty, I think he might've been drinking his own bourbon. He sounds a little intoxicated at times and it's, a pretty awkward interview and Patrick Dan Patrick's been doing this for so many years. And I think he's so good how he handled it, but you know, Scotty, like you said, that that's a good point. He had the entire last dance to say some of these things. I mean, how many hours was that documentary? Not once does he mention. Oh, you know why Phil, you know, why John Paxson took over that Lakers game is because Phil's racist. And that's why Steve Kerr got that last shot in Utah. It's because Phil's racist. And that's why Tony Kukoc, I'm like, look at this. That's why, you know, that's why Bill Wennington got paid more than me. Like you have, you have a whole documentary and you have a whole way to make this claim. Now, of course, there's the whole, maybe he did say it. And Michael Jordan's production company wasn't having, I don't know, but what your accusations that Phil Jackson is racist because Kuko shot Kerr shot, you know, uh, Kobe Bryant book. And then like over, like, I guess the posse thing, like to me, I'm like, none of those things make Phil Jackson racist. Now, if you had a whole other thing and you're like, plus all these things. Oh, okay. And also it's, it's look, we're talking about it. Like you said, it's, it's trending. It's all over. Everybody's talking about it. Smart branding. He just wants to get clicks. He's got a new bourbon I coming guess, out. But but I'm, I'm he, always like, you know, to, this is all. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. After after I read the GQ article, after I read that, there was a part of me who's like, yeah, when's this book coming out? Because Scotty Pippen's claiming he's going to have a whole other side to all those years with the Bulls. That was not said in the last dance. So right. there was a big part of me. I looked on Amazon. When's this book dropping? But after an interview like today, it makes me think, well, I don't know if I want to waste my money because is he being honest? Or right. is he just trying to sell books and sell clicks and sell bottles of bourbon? I mean, I just think let's, let's at least, if we're going to fall into one trap, let's fall into the trap where uh, we order me some digits bourbon and I'll do a dirty sports review. <laughs> is that what it's called? Yeah. Obviously, his ex-wife is brilliant at it, knowing how to get attention, news, clickbait. I mean, what percentage of stories that Black Sports Online posts are revolved around? I don't follow Black Sports Online. I have never followed <laughs> his ex. Follow, I follow our boy Robert on Instagram, but I've never followed the Twitter. I can't. I can't do it. A lot of gems in there. A lot of gems. Look, Scotty, I think you need some help. I'm being honest. I'm not trying to make jokes right now. I think you need some help. I think you got a lot of stuff going on mentally, psychologically. It's not easy. You lost your son. My advice to Michael Jordan, hey, man, you played with the guy. Can you call him up? He, he helped you win six titles. 
Jordan, anybody on those Bulls teams, can you call up Scotty, anybody you're close with, and say, Scotty, you need to see somebody. I don't think Michael Jordan has ever cared for one second about Scotty Pippen, and I think that that remains true to today. I do and wonder. He, and if he had, he would have helped him with his contract shit, and we might not be in this situation. The butterfly effect of Michael Jordan making sure that the all-around best player on the Bulls team got paid might, might leave us with a whole different timeline. But Michael Jordan never cared about anybody on his team and was like, oh, I can fucking have Scotty for, you know, pennies on the dollar. And so Scotty's like, yeah, I'll say some shit about Michael. I'll say some shit about Phil. Yeah. Well, it is a shame because I'm starting to think about those Bulls teams. I wonder who was close. You, you have Rodman, who's a total nut job. Jordan, who is a nut job in his own regard. Pippen, obviously, we're seeing all this. Kukoc is probably somewhere in Eastern Europe doing God knows what. Kirsk busy coaching an NBA team right now. Like, who's helping him out? You would think it would be Phil, but now he just called him a racist. So Phil's yeah. out as well. Wild. This, this, is what, this is what I think they need. So let's hear me out. I think those Bulls teams need to all get together. A friend-style reunion. Yeah, yeah, but hold on. I got something better. A friend-style reunion, but they're all going to grill out using that amazing meat from Butcher Box. How about oh, that? There you go. There you go. Right? Some digits bourbon, some, uh, you know, Kukoc wines, and some Butcher Box meats. Yeah. Some Jordan it, cigars. Yeah, it's, it's grilling season, right? It, grilling season is right now. Some Phil Jackson crystals. <laughs> Get all the bulls butcher together. Butcher box meats. Yeah. And get them some butcher box. You guys can hash it out. It's great meat. Luckily, today's sponsor, that's right, Butcher Box, does believe everyone deserves that, including the old bulls, deserves high quality, humanely sourced meat. Butcher Box couldn't be easier. Just sign up, select your box, and they ship it right to your door every month. And I got one even better. All new members will get free bacon for life when they sign up. Who doesn't, who doesn't love free bacon? I love, I, it's, I, it might be my favorite two-word phrase. Free bacon? Free bacon. I had some of the butcher box bacon this morning with my breakfast. Nice. It's, it really is absolutely delicious. Guys, ButcherBox is a no-brainer. It's the best meat shipped right to your door. No more trips to the grocers. Options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, which I will be cooking tonight, and a sugar nitrate-free bacon, which I just mentioned. So back by popular demand, receive bacon for life right now. New members get bacon for life when they sign up. Just go to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. That's a package of free bacon in every box for the life of your subscription. When you go to butcherbox.com forward slash dirty, and I highly recommend it. It's great meat and you don't have to mess with it. I love how it's shipped right to your door. Once again, butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. I'll say this much, Joe, and then we'll obviously move on. Those Bulls teams, man, 
they're going to be talked about forever. Yeah. Like they just find a way. Like I said, there's so many interesting characters from those teams. I, I don't know a more talked about team. Like, the, you know, when you get the bench guys, the, it, it's just so many different players can make the news so quickly. That Kuko shot was against your Knicks, right? It was. Which game was that? That I don't remember. It was. I think it was a game five, four or five. Yeah. I forget what year though. I, I I've gone through um, many many years of um, therapy and uh, hypnotic, uh, you know, removal of '90s Knicks Bulls memories from me. So. They're almost all gone. It's like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Like I just want to live in a world where the nineties bulls didn't happen. The NBA just letting the forcing Michael Jordan into championships at the expense of my Knicks teams. Yeah. That sucks. I mean, I mean, imagine, imagine if tomorrow in the game, a guy who has never played a single second for the Bucks, entered the game and immediately punched Trey Young in the face. That's what happened in the Knicks Bull series. Phil Jackson inserted JoJo English in the lineup. He immediately fought Derek Harper. Both were suspended. I mean, wh- what? Pretty brilliant strategy. Not gonna lie. Pretty brilliant strategy from a racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You think Phil Jackson's going to hear this news? Or that, just... I've, that I've accused him of of putting a hit on Derek Harper? Probably not. Although although he used to hang out at Poncho's all the time, apparently. Apparently, Poncho's is one of his go-tos. Manhattan Beach, really? Yeah. So if I ever see him at Poncho's, I'll be like, did you put did you put JoJo English in specifically to punch Derek Harper in the face? Just tell the truth. It's fine. It's fine. It's a good strategy because the NBA was going to protect you and everything you did. But like, just tell the truth. That, that happened, right? Is he on Twitter anymore? I don't know. I just put him on. He's not because uh, he was on. Yeah. Oh, he's on. Yeah, well, I was asking. He hadn't tweeted since June 26, 2018. Right. <laughs> so. He he got he got out of the Twitter game. He's done so. He's enjoying Montana. Yes, I believe that's where he. Good for him. Well, we do have some, a lot of calls I didn't get to last episode, so okay. I'd like to play a little game of catch up today, if that's sure. cool. Yeah, and uh, get to some we, calls. We got some bad calls today too, like just calls on the. I love that you play them. Yeah, I'm gonna roast it like like. This is going to be kind of a learn, yeah, a little learning for some of the dirt balls. Like when you leave a bad call, uh, I'm going to play it. This will be what you don't do. But we have some good ones too. First, first up, we're going to go down the old uh, memory lane. We'll try to connect, uh, connect a couple dirt balls, a couple New Jersey dirt balls who seem to be trying to connect with each other. So I'll play these and see if we can uh, connect. The first one is uh, about someone we get asked about frequently. So I'll play it. Okay. 
Yo, Joe and Andy, I, I called the other day talking about Skeletor, but I, oh, I, I'm also like, Oh, I don't know if I've played this one yet. I heard it. Yeah. Let's just keep, let's just keep it. Let's see what he says. Like, this is crazy. You got to hear me out. You got to hear me out. So today I'm working, right? And I'm scrolling through the playlist. I'm out of breath, but hold on. I'm scrolling through the playlist. <laughs> and I click on an episode called like Jared Goff. No, Jared from Subway is better than Jared Goff. That was a funny-ass title. But I get to the dirtball calls, and I hear my fucking twin brother, identical twin brother, from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, talk about, you know, Pam Oliver, blah, blah, blah. But, like, that shit's just crazy, dude. It's a fucking full moon, too. Tell me how. How many episodes you guys got? Like, 700? I fucking picked that one. Come on, bro. Yeah, but I'm Nick Donesco, though. Tom's over New Jersey. Fucking this place sucks. Don't ever come here. Anyways. Oh, man. I don't, I don't really have a question. This is just funny. Anyways. Condoms are for Giannis, the most overrated player of all time. Ooh. Wow. 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 He's about to go to the finals. <laughs> yeah, that was Wednesday. So Nick leaves that call. Okay. He's and then Jersey. He left it, and they left an earlier one. Yeah, but no, I actually, I think that was the one I wanted to play. Okay. So, so get this. So he's New Jersey. He always shits in New Jersey, but he's thinking, oh, you know, he's referring to Kyle Aronofsky, who also left the call. Oh, but he's he, not referring to his actual twin brother. I thought he was referring to Kyle. Yeah, he's referring to Kyle. So let me play okay. this call because I think we're trying to make like a, a connection here. What's going on, boys? Kyle Aronofsky calling back once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the 1998 Little League World Series champions. And on the last podcast on Monday, uh, you mentioned the Bill Walton Pyramid of Success t-shirt, which I am an owner of. And uh got me thinking, what were your guys' favorite and least favorite pieces of merch that you put out? Um, you know, maybe what were the best selling? And, and did you guys argue over any, like, I'm, I can picture a situation where Andy was like, oh, this is the best shirt. And I was like, no, that's trash. Um, and also... You're a fucking OG if you got the Bill Walton shirt that still has his autograph on it before you got the cease and desist. But uh, that's it. Condoms are for Ray from Tom's River, dude. Hit me up, man. What the fuck? You're like a ghost. I don't know if you're on social media, but hit up uh, Steamboat Willie on Twitter or uh, at Aronofsky on Instagram. Wait, right, is this? Later. Wait, I- I'm confused. This could be another. This could be another jersey. No, no, I think we have three because the guy who just called was Nick Donesco. Now he's talking about connecting with Ray from Tom's I think Zerber. his twin brother is Ray, probably. His twin brother is probably Ray Donesco. And then, and now apparently Kyle has two people he needs to find in Tom's River. Either of the Donesco brothers. It sounds like. This is like. A- Unless there's now a third family whatsoever. But I think that's likely what happened. And what's funny is that Kyle's talking about Ray and Kyle always opens with beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey. But then when Nick calls in, Nick Danasco says, Tom's River's a dump. Don't ever come here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think these guys got to hash it out in person. The Tom's River, New Jersey debate. I mean, at this point, it seems like a, a Tom's River, New Jersey dirtball meetup is in order. Yeah, we might have to we might have to throw a festival in Tom's River, New Jersey. 
Dirty Sports Festival, take all the backlogged merch we have, sell it out of a booth. Well, I think bet- Bill Walton shirt is my still my favorite merch because Bill Walton owns it. Bill yeah. Walton has the merch. Yeah, I love that I have a tie dye one. Um, I don't know of any like just really bad ones. I love how we've done merch for like two years. Yeah, but is it still available? Can people buy Dirty Sports merch if they wanted to? Yeah, it's on DirtySports.com. Guys, get some Dirty Sports merch on DirtySports.com. Let's see if the call about merch pumps the merch sales. Let me let, let, let me see. Let me even see what I have on there. I don't even think I've updated. I mean, the last episode up there is episode 654. <laughs> Jeez, Ruther. What have you been doing? That's that's for YouTube. All the other ones are up. Let me see. So the shirts available on merch are the Zquok, Thus the Process, Bill Walton's Pyramid of Success, a dude baseball shirt. And the Yo Fool. The J.R. Smith, which was really popular, Lay the Pipe, has been taken down. taken down. Well, he just he wasn't playing for Cleveland anymore. Right. It was Cleveland Colors. Even even thus the process. That was like three years ago, dude. Like, I right. think most a lot of people probably don't even know what that means. Thus. So I mean, Przingo was good, but then he got traded. Yeah, I still like the Yoful. It 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 didn't sell well, but solid. It was it's just funny. I wear it all. I wear it all the time at the gym. And when somebody comes out to me, I'm like Yoful. You using this Wayful? All right. What else do we have on the template? Okay. You had talked to a dirt ball about being our College World Series correspondent. Well, I got a message from a dirtball who said that he was our College World Series correspondent once before. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, if you're going to the College World Series again, call in with updates from the College World Series. So he left some of the worst calls I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Like, bro, if you're going to be a correspondent, we got to hear you. I, I I don't know what is going on. You know, I appreciate the attempt. When you say when you say worst calls ever heard, like quality wise, the quality is. Let me just play it. This, this is what I this is what I was meaning. Now, now there's three, so maybe he's left some updates. Okay. Because obviously the College World Series has continued. Let's play. Let's play the first call. Hey boys, this is Dylan, your CWS correspondent, I guess. Um, don't hold me calling. Sorry, it sounds like. That audio quality I'm at CWS right now. Just a quick update. Um, both Pac-12 teams were playing in this morning's game because they both lost. They both stuck. Uh, Stanford fans don't really exist. I haven't seen a single one out here in three days. What? Sorry, I got Sounds like he's like, he's got his lines crossed with a CB radio. <laughs> that was his breaker, call. Breaker 12. I got somebody <laughs> on my six. That was his call. It was 29 seconds of, I don't know who won. I don't know what country you're in. Let, let's see if he's improved. I think it was okay. it was Dylan. Let's see if Dylan improved. We got two more. Hey, 
Okay, we're okay. Just so you know, we're seven seconds in. It's just nothing, but it sounds like we're getting something. (laughs) This guy (laughs) is unbelievable. I mean, this is the worst correspondent ever. It's just blank. We're just hearing wind. Is he is he talking? I have no idea. Doesn't sound like it. He's trying to. Okay, so that didn't work either. So now let's try call three. Hey boys, this is Dylan, the CWS correspondent. Prano asked me to call in. Um, just a quick update. I'll try to keep it under a minute for you, Andy. Pack 12 teams to the L in the first round, um, which isn't too bad because there are barely any Pack 12 fans out here. Um, as I say, this is a <laughs> I mean, Prano, what are we doing here? I, I got to play more. This is almost, dude, the homeboy is, by the way, these are different times of day. These aren't just. Dylan, just, get yourself a landline dog. <laughs> by the way, th- these are not. The last two are the same time of day, but the first one is eight hours earlier. So it's not like, I mean, what is he doing? There's a um, there are no Stanford fans. Stanford fans are the same as national fans. They do not exist. Um, they both got knocked out of the first round, but then they played each other head to head today in an elimination game, and Stanford kicked the shit out of Arizona, so they're out. Okay, we heard that. Walking in around here, everybody says that Villanova was the favorite, but currently they're down 1-0 to NC State. the underdog. It's the unranked team. Uh-oh. Arkansas to the tournament. Uh, won their first game. And now they're up on who everybody believes is the favorite. The most fans by far are Texas okay. and Tennessee. Okay. Texas and Tennessee. And did okay. the call end right there? No, I'm going to keep playing. I just wanted to pause it so we see. So most fans are Texas and Tennessee. We got that. Yeah. They showed out a lot of orange around here. Um, the Mexicans, those are also the two fan bases. The Brock is the best looking girl. So not surprised. Um, my personal take to win the whole thing. I love the underdog story. So unranked NC State. Oh, boy. Everything's here. Something just happened. And um, we don't know, honestly. They have this for Vanderbilt. What? I like this. I like this unranked NC State call, although they've been removed for COVID. Are for the Utah Jazz in the span of a week, you blew a two-zero lead, blew a twenty-five-point lead, and one of your legends, came out and they are anti-vaxxers. You are an abomination to the state. Have a good one, guys. Okay, so he definitely improved in the third one. Um, Deciphering his call, you know how like it was a great, it was a great NC State call. They were they were they were dominating until they got COVID protocoled. You you know how like the CIA and FBI have to decipher like hidden codes and languages and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're trying to scramble stuff. That's how I felt trying to listen to this. Like College World Series, like, oh, he's trying to call dirty sports. We don't want the dirty sports talking about College World Series. We got to scramble his calls. I like how I kept saying Prano wants me to call. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like you, you reached he was out. Like, what do you think about me being the college? He's like, should I run back college world series correspondent? I'm like, go for it, bro. <laughs> Whereas like you sent him a message and was like, dude, this you is need a college world series. It's, it's all good. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, 
I support it. I support, I support all people call. I support people calling for like, if you, anybody who's ever messaged me and been like, Hey, Prano, I think I'm calling a, think about calling the dirty sports to talk about apple pie being better than blueberry pie. I'm like, do it dog. Like, who am I saying? Don't call the show about, I don't have to, I don't have to screen the calls. <laughs> sure. Hey man, you tried, but I, I will say in seven and a half years of correspondence off and on, He's up there. Wouldn't you agree? Is like worst correspondent calls. I mean, just the quality is very hard. Like, I, I mean, I, I understand that he was trying to get a good view of the field by calling from the top of one of the light poles. <laughs> but it's windier up there. There's no coverage. <laughs> I'm here on top of the light field. Le left field light stand. Great view of the field. I, I've counted. Definitely more Tennessee and Texas fans here than everybody else. It's a little windy. I'm also holding on to the light post with one hand so I can hold my phone. I may not make it, but Brandon told me to call and I will do it for no chill. Then you just hear five seconds of silence and a thud. You know what's great? Those calls were the 21st of June. You might be accurate. I hope he's still with us because there's been nothing. The College World Series has continued. He play his calls. You think that's why he didn't follow up? Probably, but now he's heard it. Hopefully he's... Dylan. The College World Series is over? No. Well, I know a lot more has happened. Well, yeah. Dylan, I'd like you to uh, call back, preferably from an indoor location that doesn't have a solar panel blowing in your back that we can How far you got to go down okay so four o'clock today is the final series game one who's playing so, so three game final series vanderbilt mississippi state all sec and nc state nc state vanderbilt uh got canceled because nc state got coveted COVID. Still happening. We're still doing that. It's ridiculous. We're still doing that. June, almost July of 2020. It's ridiculous. 2021. But, but it, I, I, it's 100% ridiculous. But I also said this about, uh, I said this about athletes and sports before, which is I literally got vaccinated just so I didn't have to deal with, you know, a negative PCR test to go to a Mets game. Apparently, Vanderbilt didn't get. They didn't even have to go through COVID protocols because all their guys got vaccinated. And again, I understand you might want to, or you might not want to, but just from a team standpoint, I'd be like, God, I'm definitely not going to be the guy who gets our thing canceled because like, I'm a weirdo anti-vaxxer. I'm just going to like, I'm just going to get vaccinated so that like, we don't even have to get tested. Yeah, that's because, a shame. Then, because then two, two guys got, covid on nc state then they test the rest of the team and then four other guys had covid but they were already vaccinated and they didn't they wouldn't have gotten tested those four other guys who had it wouldn't have gotten tested because they've already been vaccinated now does all of that mean that it's ridiculous yes but the ncaa is a ridiculous organization and as always whatever and they're all and everybody's just looking out for themselves so the idea of we're not even going to test your team if your team is fully vaccinated and we will we will test other teams if you're not fully vaccinated like who's the guy who's like no i you know what i care more about 
anti-vaxxing shit than I do about my team winning the college world series. Well, I don't even know if it's anti-vaxxing when it comes to the COVID shot. I think there's a fair amount of people who aren't anti-vaxxers that just had concern how quickly it was developed. I had concern, but I was also like, I don't want to deal with a negative PCR test every time I go to try to go to a baseball game this summer. And that's very, very low on my life priorities as compared to if I was a college baseball player on a college world series team. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there are guys, there's been players over the years in baseball guys, there's concerns about the the long-term effects of taking steroids, but they did it to play fucking baseball. And yeah, well, let's keep it college theme because we had a call from a few weeks ago and and to be honest, I haven't listened to this for a while because there has been, I think some developments on this front since then, but let's play the call. Hey, what's up, Joe and Andy? It's the number one retired stripper dirtball here again, calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I know you guys aren't like the biggest college football fans. I know Andy's a little bit more, but just want to, you know, maybe help the college football fans out and have y'all chatting for a second. Um, now it's 2023. We're expanding the playoffs to 12 teams, which, I mean, fuck, this should have happened from the beginning. I don't know how every other level of college football, D1, AA, you know, D2, everything, and even every other level of every other sport, MLB, college baseball, has actual fucking playoffs. But college football just now figured out how to somewhat make it happen. I think it's going to be a lot better. And also I think it's going to help recruiting with some of these smaller schools like your Central Florida, you know, your non-power fives that go undefeated. You know, now I can probably get in because I've always been like, what's the point of these schools playing going undefeated just to get a bowl game, like a, a good bowl game? And that's why you see a lot of these players opting out because if there's a 14 playoff, if I'm not in that playoff and I know I'm going to the NFL, why would I play in a meaningless extra game to get hurt? So now these top 12 teams, I think just playing a little bit more football. You know, it looks to be nice. I just want to get y'all some Stay dirty. All right. So, again, not the best quality call. Guys, let's let's step it up. I'm, I'm going to challenge you, Dirtballs. Step it up a little. Let's uh, – here's my advice in the calls. Don't do it in the car. Don't do it on top of a light pole. Don't do it on top of a light pole. Just do it in your house. Do Don't it. do it laying down. <laughs> yeah, we had that problem for a while. <laughs> That's. I mean, the 12-team football thing, it's like, thank God. Well, thank God. And it's not official, but apparently we're heading there. And so under the proposed format, the six highest ranked conference champions, in addition to six at large teams would produce the 12 teams. Great. Great. Still say it should be 16. Every other team does. But like, again, we're, we're, we're going, we're building toward it's way better than four. It's, it's infinitely better than four. 16 would be 50% better than 12, but. 12 is 1 million percent better than four. Yeah. Good. Fine. Fuck it. I just, again, I just don't know why this stuff takes so long. To me, it's obvious you can make more money with more playoffs. You can make more money. Cause that's the end game. That's all anybody cares about. It's all anybody cares about in this fucking country. It's just money. It's all anybody cares about. For people who want to call in, Andy, what's our phone call number for people that are not laying down and that are not? 310-359-8365. You'll get a British woman. She's been holding it down for years now. It'll go quickly to voicemail. 
I think the limit you have is two minutes before they cut you off, but the Andy Ruther limit is about 60 seconds. I try to keep it 60 seconds or under. So, yeah. Give a call. Are those the calls or do we have other calls? Let me see. We got a few other ones. We don't have to play all of them. Oh, we got a bet idea. Oh, let's, let's go. Play, let's play that one. I forget what he says, to be honest. Joe, Andy, it's Nick from Iowa. Hey, I got ideas for your guys' punishments. Uh, Joe, if you lose, you have to go to a uh, some sort of police fundraiser, and you have to do it in a basketball jersey with no undershirt. <laughs> and, Andy, if you lose this year, you have to go to the Bengals draft party for 2022, and you have to pretend you like it. Condoms are for the Atlanta Hawks. All right, that's that's a good call. See, we understood him. Yeah. Um, I like where you're going. That, the thing is that what I liked is like these these ones, to be honest, be kind of easy for us. Like, oh, we got to just show up somewhere. That's why the Waffle House idea was so brilliant. Well, I was actually just thinking in terms of like uh, of the, even the suggestion you made for me is like instead of just going to a police fundraiser, like what if I had to like perform at a police fundraiser or like fundraise for the police that would be that would that would be soul crushing but yeah but 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 then my point is yours would have to be way tougher than just like going to the Bengals draft party and pretending you like it yeah exactly i I think like i said i I keep bringing back the waffle house thing i I liked that was that there was incentives to knock off time but I, i see like the wheelhouse idea of what he's saying um that's why like the insane cloud posse thing was so good because I had to go in full makeup and there was also the threat of, are they going to say you're not a real juggalo? Like, like I, I had, I had some fear going on there. Like I was going to get outed. I think Goldberg might've come up with that one, by the way. Yeah. So let's get Goldberg on. Maybe Goldberg can discuss what uh, the dirty sports bet should be on his new sports podcast. Maybe. I gave it a listen. How was it? I liked it. Enjoyed I, it. I can only imagine how many episodes of he's thrown random shade at me, but I haven't gotten any reports back of it yet. So Matty doesn't throw random shade at you. What are you talking about? Oh, he loves to. I don't think he does. Now he's going to hear this and I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, and then he's going to be like, pray don't mention my name. And he's a motherfucker. His lisp. And he hates fucking Wes Walker. And he hates fucking Jim, Damian Amendola. And he hates fucking Julian Elman because he's a fucking crazy person. And he's a fucking bitch. And he wish he could have been a wide receiver, but he didn't. And then I'll be like, God damn it. Why did this all I said was that you got, I basically promoted your sports podcast and now I know I'm just going to get hit with all kinds of shrapnel. They want me to come up with their bets, but they don't pay me. I think, was it around this time when Goldberg and I had our epic blow up on dirty sports and he walked out because I was being so ridiculous. I don't know. I think it was around like this time of year, four years ago. Yeah. God. Feels like it was 20 years ago. 
but I'm glad I'm glad we settled everything. Me and me and Maddie G. Uh, good recommendation, though. Back to the call. I, 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 I like where it's headed. We're, we're starting to, we're starting to zone in. We're whittling down some things. Yeah. Which, which is good. Um, and, uh, I got to go this week. I got to pick up the LG. I got to start. I got, I, I'll start. I will. I, I already talked to my little brother about it. I said, next time we go to Kings Island, I got to wear the L chain. Prano said it gives me two days off every time I wear it to Kings Island. And I, and I am right. I can't wear it on the, I can't wear it on the coasters. Right. They, they have signs like any blah, 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 like jewelry, like take it. Like these things are going too fast. They even warn you about your phones now, even in your pockets. I'm telling you, these coasters go fast, bro. I know, Andy. I've been on coasters in the last 25 years. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. You're like, they flip now. They go upside down, bro. No, no. I, I had done all that stuff. But again, yeah, no, I got it. I got it. They have re- like this they new one where your feet are dangling. This new one called Orion. It's called a Giga Coaster. Have you heard about these things? No. It's called a Giga Coaster. Hold on. I, can I talk about this coaster that I watched? That's sure. gonna de- that's gonna debut in uh, Saudi Arabia. Okay. They got this coaster because I fell down the rabbit hole. Like, like this is my excitement of my life. I, I, I think you guys are understanding that, listeners. Like, I don't have much excitement going on. But this, this is, is my. A, this is a self. You, you, this is this is self-inflicted. Yes and no. I, I, you know, I, I. I mean, you're you're not doing a whole lot for the uh, what the fuck is happening in Cincinnati. Like, what the fuck happens in the Midwest of America when you're like, no, well, not really. There really isn't anything else to do. No, no. I, well, first of all, I, it's not like I'm a big social guy anyway. I don't drink alcohol. And obviously, I've gone I've gone to five Reds games. It's not like I'm not, you know, that's a thing to do. But I'm also going with kids. So I can't go to the whole bar scene right next to the stadium now, which is brand new and the fact that you can drink on the street. And so maybe I will have a night where I'll do the adults and not the kids, but I fell down a rabbit hole on the roller coaster thing that night. And I found they're building one in Saudi Arabia. It's going to destroy all the records. It's a six flags in Saudi Arabia. It's like a 525 foot drop and it goes a hundred and 35 miles an hour. So I texted my little brother this because we go back and forth because he's a coaster guy now too. Oh and my goodness. This is... Well, well and, and I get his reason. His reason is he has a full-time job and three kids. So he's like, I don't get much excitement in my life. So his excitement is the coasters. I have probably have, you know, no excuse. He responded to me, dude, that's faster than when you free fall skydiving. And I was like, and I said, we got to go to Saudi Arabia, dude. We got to check this coaster out. This is why Reddit is a thing. Because there's a bunch of people in the Midwest who just like cling on to one thing and they're like, this is my thing now. I'm the coaster guy. <laughs> I'm starting to subreddit. I'm not the coaster guy. Coasters. I'm you're, not, not, you're not not the coaster guy. I'm you're not like, showing up by myself. I, I saw a few guys. We saw a few of those guys. Like our age who you know holding up the wristbands they have the fast pass by themselves and i looked at my brother i said well i will never be that guy i will never be the guy to cut to you being that guy in 90 days you're like listen here's the thing i'm not going myself but i met sam and he's like pretty cool (laughs) 
and he doesn't like going by himself, but he does love coasters. So now we've kind of made a pack that we're going to go together and it's cool. Cause they know I'm there. So now me and Sam basically sit front row of every coaster and like, yeah, did like, Listen, I just, what I'm asking you, Joe, is it, is it okay if Sam and I start a coaster podcast? <laughs> I would be like, yep, this is what I thought was going to happen. Well, it's great people watching too. You know how they have like the people of Walmart? Yeah. And that's one of the things that I love so much about Venice Beach. Coaster the buddies. The people watching, it's like the people of Walmart. I mean, welcome I... to the Coaster Buddies podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the home of Kings Island, Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host and front of the coaster mate, Sam. Sam, we're uh, we're we're doing this in your mom's basement today. What you got cooking up for us upstairs? It's like, all you know, got. Andy. You know, it's, it's great to be here. I've never podcasted before. I've listened to a few. Thought about moving to Joe Ro- to Austin to be with Joe Rogan uh, for a little I think, while. There, I think <laughs> this might be Sam. Yeah, I took a picture of this guy. That's unbelievable. Can you see what his shirt says? Yeah, read I it. Came on vacation. It says, "I came on vacation, left on probation, Myrtle Beach, 2012." <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. It's like, it was it- pretty cool. I didn't actually go to Myrtle Beach, but my cousin uh, brought this back to me for, for me. Um, I don't know. I was thinking about we're planning a trip to Saudi Arabia. It's gonna be pretty sick. It's faster when you free fall. <laughs> Can you start a coaster podcast? With Maybe your I should. <laughs> you know who else loves coasters? My oldest brother. I learned this over our conversation on the phone. He's like, dude, the new coaster looks awesome. I'm like, let's do it. How about a coaster brothers podcast? Brought to you by the yeah, Ruther Brothers. Absolutely. Yeah. 310-359-8365. If you have any coaster stories, please call in. I want to hear about anybody who's tried Orion. I haven't tried it yet. The line's been too busy, but I will try Orion. My and, best uh, co- my best coaster slash uh, uh, amusement park story is one time I went to Six Flags in New Jersey and I ate a bad cheeseburger. And then I went on a coaster and the combination of the two was fucking sick. And later that I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, and I do, co- I used to do coasters all the time. And this wasn't even like a crazy one. And I was like, I don't know. I think the combination of like a bad snack bar burger and a coaster uh, is making me feel nauseous. And then, so literally we're leaving like a couple hours later and I'm like, I feel really bad. I get all the way home and I vomit at home and I pop a blood vessel in my eye when I puked. I'm like, my whole Damn. eye was full of blood for like weeks after that. And I was in, this is like, after my senior year of high school, I think. And so like all summer long at parties, I would just tell everybody. I was like, yeah, I got into a bad bar fight. You see the other guy. And hey, really, oh, I ate a bad cheeseburger at Six Flags. And you got a blood vessel oh, while vomiting. Own the coaster, man. Own it. So it was it was a casualty of a coaster. I'm going to tweet. Oh, by the way, I'll tweet out. I got a couple funny photos from uh, the Diamondback and Banshee. I'll tweet those out tonight, guys. Yeah. So, so check those out. You're going to laugh at the ones. I think the woman in back of me literally died. Her head's down. Now, these pictures are the ones that they take of you, right? Yeah, and I got yelled at both times. Of taking a picture of their picture? So when you walk off, guy's like, hey, 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 can't do that. 
You know, it's like some high school game. He goes, hey, so sir, you, sir, sir. You, you, got, you got to buy the pictures. Yeah. And I looked at him. I go, too late. I already did. So, you know, I'm causing a little drama again at Kings just, Island. Just getting getting kicked out at Kings Island. Yeah, but Ryan was this guy, Andy, like kind of a badass. He takes pictures. He's been escorted <laughs> off of multiple rides at Kings Island. I don't know. It's kind of like exciting. But at the same time, like, I don't want my, my badge to get punched. I want my season pass. I mean, like, I, I'm good friends with the people there. I think we could be a good team because I could introduce them to some of the security dudes. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Kings Island for life, son. Ride or die. Literally, ride or die. That's how I roll Kings Island. All right. That's the show. Leave Instagram. Follow, follow me on all social media at yeah. Joe Prano, except for uh, – Twitter, I'm at Fix Your Life. Uh, I got a uh, shout out, by the way, to all the people who have already um, signed up or looked into and can walks and can.org uh, and child abuse and neglect. It, apparently, enough of you guys have done it that we're thinking about adding dirty sports groups to each city. So keep your eye out that if you go to sign up for a walk in Los Angeles or Denver or Dallas or Columbus. Uh, that there might be, when you're signing up, there might be a dirty sports group in there. So keep your eye open for it. But thank you guys for for already supporting. And thank you for following me on all social media platforms. Um, I have koozie sent out. I think I'm fully caught up. So if you left an I, I gotta stop saying, if you left a podcast, iTunes doesn't exist anymore. If you left a podcast review on Apple, I should have notified you. And I think I sent them all out by Saturday. So those should be arriving this week. If you leave a new review, leave your Instagram or Twitter handle in the review. I still have plenty of koozies I'd love to send out. And I will do that this week. So just drop that. Or if you don't have either social media, you can email me at andyruther45 at gmail.com. And I also accept uh, fun roller coaster ride picks. So send those as well. All right, guys, that's the show. Much love for supporting us and listening. And I look forward to some fun new calls, hopefully not on cell towers, in tunnels, or lying down. All right, Dirtballs, have a great start to your week. We'll be back in a couple of days. And as always, stay dirty.